FYI man and welcome to SMPD, the show where we have a right canny look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. I'm Chris Borton, with me as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. How are And this episode, we're away down the Grove, man. All right, yeah, that's, I, that's I can't it. fucking I can't, keep that going. No, 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 right, it's out of my system. <laughs> I, I act it like... <laughs> <laughs> There's no way, there, there was no way we were going to do Biker Grove without slipping into Geordie. So it's like, you know what? Absolutely I'm just gonna, not. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Let's get it out of the system. <laughs> and then we can move past it. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought you might, but I didn't know. I didn't think you'd get that far into it. So well done. Kudos for that. Um, you know, Geordie, like, look, I, I shouldn't say this because listeners have just heard me do it. But I think Geordie is probably one of the easiest accents to do. So I was like, I could, I could probably do that. <laughs> I, I, I struggle. So when, when people try and do Welsh and it ends up sounding like, like a hybrid of Indian Pakistani, that's kind of what my Geordie sounds like. See, my I, if ever I try and do a Scottish accent, I always end up Geordie, and I don't know why. So <laughs> then I just find it just quite easy, man, to slip right into. And it's not it's not like I've spent a great deal of time up there, a little bit, um, but it's not. Anyway, I've, I've started anyway. It again. Yeah, and, and it's probably <laughs> not great, but to me, it sounds like one of the better accents that I can do. It's better think, than mine. I think this is good, listeners. You should hear my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway right yeah so we're finally looking back at biker grove it feels like we've been like i don't think it's been on the list for that long but we've been talking about doing biker grove yeah. for quite a while and then we threw it on the list um and so we've been away for a while so we thought right let's, let's just dive back in with biker grove um i think it's fair to say like you know we say this is about the shows that shaped our childhood this is actually quite a seminal one for me i feel like it shouldn't yeah. be right because it's not a show i think about regularly or anything like that but Fuck me! I watched a lot of Biker Grove as a kid. Um, well, yeah, this is the thing. I mean, I, I we we I came to it probably about ninety two, ninety three. So it wasn't right at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, I was aware of it, but so we were ITV kids, so um, we didn't really see a lot of this type of show. So I was aware of this. I was aware of Grange Hill, and I never knew when it was fucking on because, and I hated Blue Peter, so I didn't want to watch Blue Peter um, until Katie Hell came in, and it was an entirely different ballgame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I was I was aware of this, and like. People at school had talked about it, and it was just like one of those that I, yeah, whatever, I'll get to it when I get to it, if I if I can be asked sort of thing. It wasn't really something I was that bothered about. And then you started seeing um, PJ and Duncan everywhere because they were like the, 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 the initial breakout stars. Yeah. Um, so you started seeing them everywhere, and they were talking about it, and then sort of they were talking about the show, and then obviously they were launching their music career and all that stuff. So they were kind of everywhere, around about 93, 94. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, right, okay, fuck, okay, I I'll, I'll might as well give this a look. And yeah, I ended up watching this. I mean, this ran for fucking dog's age as well. I mean, I, this ran from 89 to like 2006 or some shit like that. I, I probably ended up watching it from the time I was about 10 or 11. So run about, I don't know if I was probably the bottom end of the target audience anyway. Right up until I went to uni. So probably you're probably talking about 2000, 2001. Me too. Um, as previously discussed on this show, I can't remember what episode it was. Maybe most likely the Grange Hill one. Um I watched this till the end. We were watching it in my student house. <laughs> so, because the, yeah, the, the last episode of Biker Grove, I was I was looking for it to do this podcast, hmm. and I haven't been able to find it anywhere on, yeah. on YouTube. I've, I've, I've really struggled to find it uh, to find fucking episodes. mental. We're talking... Because the, like, the whole last season was like really meta, wasn't it? The whole thing where like, they realised there was fucking... No, they realised they weren't real and they were writers and all the rest of it. And I was like, fucking hell, hang on. It was it was real stepping out of the shower shit. It was fucking yeah. mental. Um, the show incidentally got shit towards the end. It, it was one of those things where towards the end you were just kind of watching it out of 
just kind of it was something you yeah, watched, yeah. you know, a bit like Neighbors and stuff like that. And like I never got yeah. into like at that time, Hollyoaks and stuff was a thing as well. Never, never interested me at all. But I mm. think I was probably again. This is one of those things with those couple of years between us, and mm. I was slap bang in the target audience for Biker Grove by the yeah. time it hit its stride. I mean, it started. I remember it starting when I was. I, I used to watch a lot of CBBC. But again, we've discussed a lot on on the network. And I remember it starting, and I was quite young. I, I'm talking when it started, I was probably about eight or nine, which isn't that young, but for the show that it was. Because no, I think, yeah, I want to I mean, say it started just the just the other side of the 90s. I got a feeling it started in the Yeah, 80s. it was 89. Yeah. 89. Right, so I would have been eight then, so that, that wasn't a bad guess. Um, but then when the show was kind of hitting its stride, kind of the, the Anton Deck, PJ and Duncan era then, I was, yeah. I was hitting kind of 12, 13. And I was right slap bang then to just to grow up with this show. Basically, I was the bottom yeah. e- bottom end of their age range because I think it's fair to say it skews older than Grange Hill yeah. as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of aimed... watching it back, you know. Yeah, I mean, Grange Hill's a strange one because it's it's cast its cast base is kind of that sort of that secondary school, isn't it? So you yes. start in at eleven, going through to your eighteen. But actually, it was a younger skewing show, much younger. Whereas that this, if you look at this, I mean that the, the this the kids who are starting in here they're eight and up you know this this is no it's an after school club mm-hmm. uh you know it's like a community center type place where you've literally got all ages from the time they'd stop no shit themselves and able to like feed themselves and go to the toilet and on their own and stuff like that right up until the, the until they're being teenagers and shit so this it's it has a younger cast and a, and younger storylines but actually what you had in it skews a lot older i mean you know, something you, know, you started getting into elements of race and elements of homophobia and drug use and um, I think there was um, a storyline about, about abortion and all this sort of stuff which it was done in a far more sensitive way but a lot more detailed than you got in things like Grange Hill. It definitely was or at least it, it kind of felt it at the time it was certainly mm, yeah. I remember like a lot of stuff that was happening on Bike Grove and they just being absolute uproar. I mean do you, do you remember the whole uh, like like there was that whole thing about they had like the first gay kiss on children's television. Yes. And it, now and that was kind of the bit I started on because I I came I came into it after Anton Deck left. Right. Okay. So I like I so the you kind of then had the story where you had um you had Gary and Noddy with a gay kiss. You had yeah. um like Terry setting fire to the Grove and Jeff dying and all that sort of stuff. And oh, what'd, you into... think, what'd you bring that up for straight away like i'm on a downer straight away so that but... was one of the episodes i could have watched and i was like i'm not watching jeff's funeral but I'm not, <laughs> i can't do it to myself yeah no i, I didn't watch that one either but like, i came into that sort of way. so you had that that generation of characters because i mean most people most cast stayed stuck around for about three or four years and then buggered off yeah there were a couple who stuck around as long as they could because they knew they weren't going anywhere else um and that's no fair play because no, it's 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 a sweet gig, and why why would you try and go somewhere else if you're not you know if you're not confident in making it anyway? Um, so but I mean that was kind of the bit I came into. So you had no, you had the um the nodding garrison, you had the vigilantes, um which led no, um which led to the fucking fire and stuff like that. So bad, um, <laughs> so- uh, yeah. So but I mean they, they were there was it was stuff that it was it was kind of mirroring what was going on. I mean I mean certainly where um where I'm from, you had there was a a massive um epidemic of of car thefts. And you did have vigilantes basically dragging kids out of cars and beating the living oh, fuck out of them. What, I yeah. mean, this was something that was going on everywhere. So I mean, it was from that perspective. Yeah, they were kind of tapped into that sort of that sort of social moment, and they they did really well with that. And because you know the 
I think they so they, they had defined seasons, didn't they? Because they'd have this on, and then Grange Hill would do like the other they, however many yeah, weeks, they, they and they, so they'd flip and throughout the year. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you had your defined seasons, and I think that I think that was probably around about seasons of six or seven when they they started that storyline. And I remember, like, because we had it where my grandparents lived, like they they were in a village just outside the town, and they were always talking about the fucking vigilantes beating the fuck out of somebody. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh shit, I saw that on TV. I know what that means. I know what they're talking about." One of the one of the overriding things that I've watched, I've probably watched about six or seven episodes of this, and I've, I've yeah, spread it out. The same. I've spread it out amongst the seasons. Um, I've got good and bad things to say about it, right? And we'll we'll hmm. we'll get into. Yeah. It. Hopefully, I'll be fairly measured about it. You know, we'll we'll get into it all. But one of the overriding things that I've come away with after watching this is just how well. Like, obviously, it's highly dramatized. It's highly yeah. dramatized, but yeah. One of the things I came away with is just how well it actually reflects '90s youth culture, as yes. I remember it growing up. Yeah. Like, and, and you're right; it is things like yes, there was a lot of car theft going on. Yes, there was a lot of drug taking. Yes, that you know, homophobia was kind of our race growing up. Like we, yes, you know, the generation before us had issues with race. For us, it was it was homophobia. You know, that was something yeah. that felt very counterculture when we were growing up. Um, yeah. you, you, you know, so all of these things, I, I'm sort of watching it back, and I'm like, yeah, I can't. and even like down to the, down to the speech patterns, down to the fashion, down to everything. Yeah. I'm watching it going like, actually, this is like as a time capsule, as this tiny little time capsule of like the '90s. Yeah, it, this is, it perfectly encapsulates it, you know. And, and even when you look, obviously, you look at the, you've already mentioned some of them, but look at the careers it launched as well. You know, it, it yeah certainly. For Britain, anyway, if you're in the UK, it launched what are now some of our biggest entertainment personalities, you know? Yeah. Um, so to see them as kids again, you know, to go back and see Anton Deck and Donna Ale and all of those as well. When they Fuck were like, it, Donna Ale. I'd forgotten about her until I... Until I how yeah, do you forget about Donna Ale, Mark? <laughs> she was the I'd... whole reason for watching Biker Grove. Like, but again, by the, by the time I came to it, she'd gone. Right, okay. Um and I also drank a lot through my twenties. I don't remember a lot, to be honest. I'll never forget Donna Ray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when she left Biker Grove, she was on the cover of like FHM, Maxim, every other magazine. Then, yeah, of course, didn't she present the Big Breakfast for a while? Was it? Oh, she did she? present the Big Breakfast for a while. She, she was she was like their roving reporter, wasn't she? Yeah, she she quite a good. I mean, she's kind of vanished a bit now, isn't she? But she did have quite a yeah. Quite a strong like um, presenting gig, you know, through the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. A uh, couple of singles as well; they weren't very good. Uh, what oh, yeah, what they, was the name of the band? She had some two. Own. She was in a band as well, wasn't she? They, they, they were, yeah, there were two of them because there was they, there was a trio stepped out, which was Biker Groove. I remember Biker um, Groove. Yeah, and then two of them left. Um, so oh, Donna and was it something stupid Jamie like Hoy. Bliss or something rubbish like that? Ooh, close Crush. Oh, it's not. That wasn't a bad guess, was it? I knew no, it was, it was not far off. Um, I knew it was something and, that naff. And they, they again, they, there was this sort of pseudo pop punk single they did called I think it was called Jellyhead or something like that wasn't it? I um, and it was it was it was it was in the range of something like fucking garbage and stuff like that. It was that that sort of almost indie, not quite. I think I may still have it somewhere. <laughs> I'm fairly sure I had it at the time. Yeah, I'm I fairly sure I had it at the time. I'm, I have still got it now. But, I, uh, I definitely did. Um, but yeah, we're off number fifty. It was number fifty in the UK charts, number seventy-two in the states, and number thirty-two in Australia. So obviously, Australia wow. loves Donna Rae. I told you, everybody loves Donna Rae. I don't fucking hell. I don't. Um, anyway, we're, we're off on a anyway. tangent already. This isn't a Donna Rae podcast. Um, 
<laughs> maybe lot... next week. Yeah, maybe next week. Um, so, so yeah, I, I did have mixed feelings about it, but it definitely, you, you're right. It was nailed on. Like every episode I watched, there was something in it. Even like again, silly things like, oh yeah, that's what a phone box used to look like. And yeah, we yeah. did used to have to use a phone box if we had to phone somebody, and like nobody yeah. had mobile phones and. You know, well, like, even when they got got into like having mobiles, then they were like, the old fucking brick things, like you know, the massive Motorola's, were, like a foot long and shit like that. Yeah. Um. So and you had that, but you, I think you're right in terms of it, like acting like a time capsule. I th- I found it more with this than I did with like Grange Hill, oh, even though 100%. again, because I think because Grange Hill is contained in school and everybody, good, bad, or indifferent, the majority of people, good, bad, or different, have a high school experience. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter if you're watching it from the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or the aughts there is something in there you will recognize whereas this because it's not in a school and i think it's it there were very few occasions where any of them were actually seen in school or affiliated with any school or anything else it was all to do with the club yeah so because of that it it was it's far more of a, a cultural touchstone because it actually leans into what it was to be a british teenager in the 90s it and really even does. when you had i mean some I think I picked up a couple which were from, I want to say about 96, 97, uh, when I was watching yesterday. And you had the whole story where you had um, Regina, who was fucking tiny, so it must be quite early on in her run, where she was trying to save the slugs. <laughs> and they had this whole thing about this, you know, about um, some people talking about an environmental message, but then when it comes to it, and they're, they're not, no, because this whole thing, well, well, I want to save the slugs, but slugs are horrible. But they're creatures too, and you can't say you want to save the whales and save the trees if you don't want to save the slugs. And there was this really sweet, really innocent, really naive sort of pattern to her to her storyline. Hmm. And it was on on the on on the, the whole of it, it was a stupid throwaway storyline because the main storyline going on at the time was about um, Ben finding out he had a sister, he had a half sister, and his father, you know, his father had a different family, all that sort of stuff. So you had this whole storyline going on, and then you had you know, for no reason whatsoever, you just had this fucking kid wanting to save slugs. But it's the sort of thing. You know, it it just it just again feeds into that thing where it's like, yeah, okay, people did have buttons that they wanted to push, and whereas now there'd be somebody being fucking offended by the fact that you do and don't want to save slugs, it was it was just such an innocent storyline. But actually, it it made a point, and it involved characters with fuck all else to do that week. Yeah, and you know, you got a storyline like that buried amongst you know teenagers dealing with homosexuality and yeah there, i think at the, at the same time you know, there was a um, pregnancy somebody, and yeah i think there was one at the time where one of the one of the girls her father had just been diagnosed with like ms or something like that so and she, like she was acting as a carer and she was missing school and all that sort of stuff so you've got all that really serious heavy shit going on you've got you no know, guys finding out that you know, their father has a secret family and all that sort of shit and then you've got a really sweet story about saving slugs and it all weaves in together quite nicely yeah, it was. I think that's something I took out of it as well. It did have a good balance for that. However, fucking hell, it's grimmer than I remember as well. Maybe, maybe well, it's, I it's was no, just unlucky north. with the episodes I picked. It's up. the north, though. What do you expect? It is the north, but it's very like you know. We've already mentioned Grange Hill, and yeah. you know, when you watch Grange Hill, like you said, we've all got that shared high school experience, and I really enjoyed going back and rewatching that because of it right because mm, it's yeah. a, it's another trip to high school and they're familiar problems that everybody can relate to and things like that but it, but they were all you know yes you still had things like teenage pregnancy and stuff like that in grange hill and drug abuse and zamo and stuff like that you know but yeah. it felt like they took a slightly kind of softer bent on it whereas this they did and it because it was all framed it's, EastEnders, double-barreled, grim. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I think the thing with this is a, because, like, the difference with Grange Hill, because Grange Hill was entirely framed within a school. Like, you very rarely saw people out of school, whereas conversely yeah. with this, you never saw them in school, you never had any relationship with their school. The fact you'd have people going to this club who went to rival schools. 
Yes. I mean, I went to a youth club with the, the, school, the secondary school I went to. They had to move our lunch hour twice in the five years I was there because we were always fighting with the local Catholic school. Yeah. So when when I first started, they'd moved it the year I started so that we overlap, we only overlap by about 10 minutes. The theory being that in that 10 minutes, they should be fucking off back to their school and we should be just about going out. So we shouldn't overlap because of the distance, the physical distance between us. Mm-hmm. Meant shit because it just meant that they were all manging off in the afternoon to kick the fuck out of us. So then they moved it again so that there was no overlap. There was about a half an hour difference before when theirs fin- their finishing had to be back at school and now it started. There was a 30-minute gap and we still fucking rioted every week. Yeah. I so, mean, But then you, you come to fucking youth club on a Friday I were all fucking best mates playing football and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, because yeah. it didn't matter that you went to fucking St. Joseph's and I went to wherever. It was like, oh, well, fuck it, yeah, we're, we're here, we'll play football. Fuck it, who cares? And unless there's some, unless something happened then at that period where you were outside of school and you had to interact with these people, you didn't have the trouble. No. And you'd have had that here. Now, you'd have had rival schools and gangs and all the rest of it here, but they never kind of played into that. They had this sort of community feel to it. And the only, any, only sense of any rivalry you got was with was it Denton Blue, Denton Burn. The fucking the, the other club, the other mentioned. club, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. used to like play and, football against them and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the only sort of rivalry you got. So the, you had this whole thing where they were all they must have all been in the same school or lived in the same fucking street or whatever else because they all just them they all knew each other. They all got on. There was never any you no know, any conflict between them in that sense. There's always plenty of other conflicts, but yeah, yeah. And and I th- you know there's good and bad about that is is the thing. Yeah. Again, that I think like they they de- it definitely opened them up to. To explore things um, in a lot, in a lot of a heavier, in such bad English, uh, <laughs> and explore things in a much heavier way. I don't know what the fuck is yeah. late, listeners. I've I've been talking <laughs> all day, um, so it, it let them explore things in a, in a heavier manner than something like Grange Hill would. But then also, yeah. you know, on the flip side of things, occasionally, like I, I had a few instances where I'd I'd sit down and watch it for like an hour and a half. Like I said, I've, I've done like two or three sessions where I've watched two or three episodes at a time. Yeah. And fuck me, it did. St- like I felt like opening a vein sometimes. Do you know what there I mean? There were points, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So it could get depressingly grim. Now, to be but honest, then again, you were watching it for twenty-five minutes every other day for thirteen, fourteen weeks, and then it would disappear. Yeah. So and, you you weren't binging it, whereas you know, when you were watching yeah. it, and where I've been watching it the last couple of days, I think I did six or seven episodes, and I did a block of four. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and also, by the end of that. I, yeah, that was just fucking painful by the end of it. Yeah, and also we have to bear in mind, you know, that's sound a bit Grandpa Simpson, but that was very much the style at the time for a for a soap opera. You know, it was yeah, the whole thing was let's be as fucking grim as we can possibly be. You know, see also EastEnders. You know, like yeah. this was to see Brookside. You know, this was the thing. Like, let's make who can outgrim everyone else. And this definitely is. It's not a teen drama in the way that Grange Hill is a teen drama. This feels like a soap opera. It just happens yeah. to have children and teenagers in it. It feels like a fully rounded, grown-up adult show, and I mean that yeah. as a compliment. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't uh, feel you, like it's for kids. Yeah, and if you go to um, stuff that's on like CBBC now, like on the on the on the on iPlayer and on on the channel itself, they've got they've got programs that have clearly evolved from this type of show where. Mm-hmm. No, they are borrowing heavily from stuff that's on now. There's some of the some faux reality shows and stuff like that. No, so the like you know, the Office type thing and all, the Housewives of every fucking where where there's all to camera stuff and all this sort of stuff. But then you have your stories of the week. They borrowed very heavily from this type this style of drama. But in the same way, the Grange Hill was at uh, Grange Hill that Biker Grove was doing that and mimicking stuff like EastEnders and and your soaps and coming across that way. They've evolved in such a way that you still get these type of shows where they are 
again sitting right in the fucking right in the zeitgeist of what's around mm-hmm. and just putting it just pitching at a slightly younger audience but not in a way that's detrimental or that's childish or that's obnoxious but in a way that's like it's not pandering it's quite sensitively handled to a point where these kids are watching things going oh right okay i i can relate i can relate to that. i see that i understand that and then yeah. as they graduate into older shows the formatting is not lost on them so they then they, they then would graduate from this to whatever just because it's, it's something they're familiar with and I, we we don't watch a lot mainly because kids tv fucking annoys me these days um but there's stuff that um like number one was into and again it was there were six seasons on iplayer so she fucking binged it and then you look at it and it's very similar in style to that to the sort of the type of stuff you get now uh mm. no that again it's on the fucking channels and i think they fucking hate you and stuff like that it's all that type of trashy for reality stuff but they're building in a way that they know is going to keep viewers late later in life and i think this did very much the same yeah now one of the things that struck me as interesting and i'd forgotten they did this and as far as i can tell it doesn't really serve any narrative function either but you mentioned full reality there i had completely forgotten and and i think you can call them groundbreaking for this as well because i certainly don't remember seeing it before this like they split their week up in the show like it, you would have like your little subtitle come up where it would be monday tuesday yeah. and it it very much then gave it kind of a pseudo documentary kind of feel to it almost as well yeah. um you know not in the same level as a as a full reality show would now but yeah. certainly it's got that leaning to it and, and if you look i had totally channel... forgotten it did that i had as well and if you look at the um the channel four show teachers that andrew lincoln was in yes um, yeah that employed that very well as well. And one of the right, one of the main writers from the latter se- uh, seasons of, of Biker Grove went on to do, went on to be one of the principal writers on that. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it, you know, it's and you see it quite often now. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I, I I do it myself. I've I've done it in both of my books so far. That you, you know, you have you follow a follow a pattern of days and you split it up that way. And I I can't I can't say that that it comes from Biker Grove. I can't say it doesn't because this is something I haven't watched for fucking years. But yeah. I watched a lot it, when I, I was younger. I think I think you sort of trace the the zeitgeist of it back to the early two thousands. You know when when we yeah. had that whole kind of mockumentary explosion. You know when you had you had yeah. you know the found footage films in the cinema. You had your Blair Witch and your Paranormal Activity and stuff. And then TV, you yeah. had your Office. You know and, and those sort of things where we had this kind of you know full documentary style. But that was you know twelve years at least after biker grove and they were doing this from the beginning so yeah you know they're probably not the first people to ever think of it but it was certainly you know i've i've really racked my brains um yeah the christmas break because i started watching this early even though i've only had a couple of sessions i did start watching it earlier started racking my brains to think like well what else does this can i think of anything earlier and and i can't i Um, I struggled and like i said they don't fully utilize it it's a it's actually quite disappointing uh, that they don't fully utilize it. It's like they've they've kind of had the seed of an idea, and yeah. they don't quite follow it through, and they just kind of use it as this cool kind of stylistic thing because it looks good when you sort of yeah. the screen tears and you get like Monday come up at a jaunty nineties yeah. extreme angle. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they never really follow it through. But there are there are quite a few interesting stylistic choices, both visually like that and and in the writing as well, which that is as well. Yeah. You know you know narratively they do frame things quite well but then for every interesting thing they do i also look at it and go fuck me this is some of the worst acting i've ever seen it's it's abysmally bad 
some yeah. of the compositions are appalling and you know in earlier shows you can kind of allow the fact that they're they're in a square aspect ratio they're in four by three they're not in 16 by nine and they probably yeah. didn't have the money you know there's there's a lot of single camera work in this yeah um and i mean that normally when you know when you say single camera generally if you know how to utilize it that looks better um but this this is literally this is a locked off camera you know and when you've got a high drama at times high action show like this is um that can really make it look bad really bad i mean we will get on to the paintballing incident um and we'll talk about that at length i'm sure but it, it doesn't you know that doesn't get done any favors but this every time there was a big event you know every time we had a crash or oh who got fucking electrocuted Oh, what's oh fuck! What? Yeah, I I've just read that. I can't remember the bloody name. Oh Jesus! What was it? Did you, did you remember? Do you remember? Gemma, what? I haven't Gemma, rewatched Gemma, it. Gemma. Gemma. Gemma, which is uh, Jill Halfpenny, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Even as a even as a kid, <laughs> that was one of the stupidest things I have ever seen. Yes. Like the way it shot and everything, it was absolutely ridiculous. It looked terrible, yeah. and I haven't watched I mean, it now. I'd love to because it, I yeah, remember I... almost laughing out loud at the TV yeah. how bad it was. And the thing is, like, I was, from a young age, I was traumatised by the fucking ManWeb adverts of the kid going into the substation to retrieve the football and put his hand we on there. We were all traumatised by that. Like, and, I mean, they should I bring remember, back we, those public service videos, seriously. Yeah, I like, mean, we, I know we talked about that on a, on a previous episode because I remember finding the fucking video and, put, and, and, putting it, and embedding it in our video. Um, and I was fucking traumatised by that. And I saw Jill Halfpenny getting left. I was like, what the fuck? That, that's not how it works. That's not what happens. No, it's really not. It's just ridiculous. Like she, it was just a faulty TV socket. She gets blown halfway across the room. Yeah, and then when they cut back to her, she's like a cartoon. This is my memory of it, anyway. Right? Maybe I've, maybe I've kind of, uh, maybe there's a bit of Mandela effect gone on. But she was like a cartoon with frizzed hair. She had a blackened face. Like yeah. she, she did almost look like she was in blackface, like she was covered in soot or something. Yeah. <laughs> just like, hang on. Like I've never seen anyone get electrocuted, nor do I ever want to, but I'm pretty sure you don't actually cook like that from a <laughs> from a TV socket. Well, uh, you you could you could do if you were if you stuck onto it and you and you know it, it didn't trip. Yes, but, but she got blew I, all the way back across yeah, the room. That, that's <laughs> it. It'd, it'd be a it'd be a, a low voltage three phase supply. She yeah, she'd have a zap and she'd fall over, and yeah, her fingers exactly. might be a bit black. Exactly. Um, and I mean, you know, doing what we do for a living. I mean, I'm sure you see lots of horrific accident photos and stuff. And working yes. in the utility industry, I've seen fucking hundreds of burns and electrocution pitting mm-hmm. on pictures and stuff. And I've seen pictures of people who've been zapped with eleven thousand volts who were nowhere near as fucking messed up as she was. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then, well, fuck, fuck it. Let's just talk about it. Like we're getting there. We've got to talk about the paintball. I, I feel like we haven't built it up enough because. <laughs> Uh, honestly like <laughs> pj getting hit in the eyes with paintballs is yeah. one of the defining moments of my childhood and i i'm yeah. pretty sure i can speak for almost my entire generation and put my flag in the sand and say it defined a generation in britain like i i'm an adrenaline junkie right i i'm a diver i love roller coasters i'll try anything once as mark will attest to and one of one of the worst things you can ever do to me is challenge me to do something or tell me that i can't do it right because i absolutely will right i will chase a thrill anyway um and and i'm not scared of it right you know when 
when you go skydiving you have to do a safety instructional video i've only done that in simulators but like you have to you're sitting through this whole thing they're telling you the million ways you can hurt yourself diving is fucking terrifying you have to sit and examine you know mm. as part of that you have to reel off the million and one ways you can fucking die a horrible death underwater and you're there thinking why on earth would i want to do this right not scared of any of them go and do those things do the briefing i'm just like yeah, it's fine. As long as I do what I'm told, you know, I'll, I'll be okay. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. It's fine. I've been paintballing three or four times in my life as well. And every time I'm in the paintballing safety briefing, I am absolutely shitting myself. And it is because yeah. I saw PJ get hit in both eyes with paintballs as a teenager. And I will carry that with me for the rest of my life. For my stag do, when I went paintballing, I got put in a hut and everybody yep. got to fucking shoot me. That right? was so much fun. Yeah, for you lot, my mask started <laughs> slipping off and I have never been so scared in my life. I basically curled up into a fucking ball. I took the fetal position because I was just yep. like, and when I say my mask was slipping off, it was just starting to move on my face slightly. But I was yeah. like, oh my God, my mask's going to fall off and I'm going to get PJ'd. Like, I'm yeah. going to be blind. To, <laughs> to be fair, just, just to give the listeners a bit of insight, nobody was aiming for your face. Yes, you fucking we're all I've got to... scars on my fucking head. <laughs> okay, well, only the idiots are in first. Most of us are trying to shoot you in the bollocks. Well, yeah, but then, I, you know, I had to curl up in a fetal position so nobody could get to them, so everybody shot me in the fucking head. I actually made it worse. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is I remember this being an absolutely terrifying, terrifying moment of TV, right? To the point where I've never really gone back and watched it because it's so etched no. in my brain. But this is definitely something where it looked way worse and way more horrific and in some ways cooler in my brain than mm. it actually was. Because going back and watching it and seeing these really static camera setups they have, like, how the hell Charlie and Angel didn't go down for shooting in with those paint? Because they get, like, a good 30 seconds where they can clearly <laughs> see. Like, they, they literally stand there. He's trying to warn, I think, it's, I think it's Noddy that might be about to get shot. And he tries to warn, I can't remember who it is exactly, but he's trying to I warn them. I don't know. He takes his mask off, and Charlie and Angel have been following him for like five minutes at this point. So they come through the door as he takes his mask off to shout, but for sake of argument, we'll say Noddy. It might not be yeah. right, but for sake of argument, we'll say it's Noddy. Takes his mask off to shout at him. They run through the door, see clearly that he's not wearing his mask, and go, right, get him. He hears them say, get him. Turns around as if to go like, what? And then gets two paintballs in the eyes. Like, yeah. you follow that chain of events logically there like the <laughs> controls have failed at so yeah. many so, fucking steps yeah. along the so, way some cunt is going to prison over that right they, they should definitely go down yeah. um, no i mean i i didn't see i, I didn't, i've seen it since i didn't see it at the time because i said oh, it was before man. i was in it so i have seen it since but I, was, I knew what was coming um so that was fine but i i watched um a show on apple tv a couple of weeks ago called bad sisters right and there's a there's a very similar paintballing injury in that um, but it's intentional, yeah. um, and pretty sure this that... fucking one was. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, the, um, without giving anything away, they're trying to murder somebody, um, and so oh, yeah, they... no, it's not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> so, and so th this has a pain. But that, even having not seen it at the time and seen it later, th that when I was watching the episode, I was th I was automatically drawn to PJ getting shot in the face with paintballs. It's it's seriously you, you it can't you couldn't not. It is one of the defining TV moments of my life, not just my childhood. Like to the point where even, you know, Ant and Dec, they're, they're household names in, in the UK now. And I, and I think, you know, they, 
they're far enough removed now for people yeah. who are like you know our generation now has kids and in some cases those kids have kids right and they've only ever known them as aunt and deck so they're far yeah. enough removed now that they are aunt and deck but you know i think to our generation like you show me a photo of them right if you're talking about them you say aunt and deck i know what you're talking about and for most people you know you will colloquially like we're talking about them now and i'll say aunt and deck right yeah but you show me a photograph of them even them now there's almost a translation thing that goes on like when you when you're looking at something that's not your first language right because before mm. i can say aunt and deck i go oh that's pj and duncan and the reason i do that is that automatic association comes from pj getting shot in the eye because it's the first thing i fucking see is pj getting shot in the eyes with the fucking paintballs because it looks like he's bleeding from his bastard eyes as well like they're yellow yeah he gets shot with yellow paint but it just looks like it's all dripping out of his eyes yeah and, and then you get deck going like oh you can't even see man he can't even see and you're thinking hang on a minute how the fuck do you know he can't see he literally yeah. got shot like you know two minutes ago and it, and he's just thinking oh it's pj it's me it's me pj it's me you may as well be going how many fingers am i holding up like yeah. it's it's ludicrous well but no you should be asking who's president because no clearly you need to be able to see to know that yeah but it's just etched in my fucking brain forever and and like you you talk about them you show me a picture of them that is the first thing like anybody says ant and deck i instantly go oh pj and duncan fuck paintballs and then i generally go to ready to rumble um but obviously because of course you do right yeah. um but yeah watching it back is fucking ridiculous. it's so bad it's so so bad it's comically bad to watch mm. it now um and that's sort of a shame as well because like obviously when we talk about these shows sometimes you know we do have some listeners who are considerably younger than us um and who have discovered shows because we've talked about them and i think that's brilliant yeah. right and then occasionally they'll they'll drop some messages as well and say, oh, I hadn't seen this before or whatever. That's really cool. But I think for people watching this now, if you go back and watch this for the first time now, it's going to look fucking that's, terrible. That's, this is one of those things it, where I think you have to be there to understand the impact this had yes. on a growing child. Like, that is, like you said, with a safety video with electrics. Like, that's the thing for me. Every time somebody asks me to go paintballing or somebody plans paintball, paintballing for a stag, like, yeah, there's part of me that's going, oh, wicked, I love paintballing. But then there's also that little sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach that goes like, yeah, but you could go blind. Like, don't, yeah, it's really dangerous, you know. <laughs> yeah, by that logic, you never watch porn like... either. Well, well, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you sort of think, well, I don't know, is it worth the risk of going paintballing? You know, I've got to make sure I come back with both my eyes, you know, yeah. like... It's it's horrific, you know, and, and nothing else in the show, mind you, did that. You know, I don't think like, oh, I'm not going to drive a car because I may get decapitated or I don't, I don't think like I'm not going to watch TV because I may get blown halfway across the room by a faulty power yeah. socket or, you know, I'm not going to go back into an empty building because there might be a gas explosion. R.I.P. Jeff, forever in our hearts. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like the paintballing just... Yeah. It's, it affected me on like a real I, I think it's just the age i was at the time yeah and this was such a thing like the next day in school everybody was like fucking hell did you see what yeah. happened like with the paintballs like what the fuck i was yeah. messed up you know 
Um, yeah, yeah, the only thing that comes close is, is Jeff Dyer, but that's just because he was like, he's just he was the biggest character, you know. Was, yeah. He was there forever and ever, and then all of a sudden he's gone. Um, so that that was pretty impactful as well. But by that time, I was old enough to understand that you know, yeah, shit happens, and this is a TV show. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I should have been old enough to understand when PJ got shot in the eyes as well. But I don't know. There's something about it that just. But I think from that point as well. I mean paintballing was something that was around but i mean as kids it was never something we'd ever be able to do no like when we so, th- at this point paintballing was like something you did if you were like rich or yeah. like in the army this wasn't yeah. something that was readily accessible to you yeah like if you went if you went on holiday it was you know, and there was one nearby it was the sort of thing that you might nag yeah. your parents to do because there was a fucking leaflet somewhere yes. and you'd be unceremoniously slapped across the fucking head and told to fuck off yes and, and and you know it was it was like laser tag and stuff like that where again like laser tags everywhere now but as a kid like if you got to go to quasar it was like yeah. that was an amazing fucking day because it wasn't as accessible as it is now again it was the yeah. fucking 90s right yeah um, and we were all fucking poor yeah exactly um and things as opposed to now circle. where we're all yeah. fucking poor <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so i don't know maybe maybe we'll start seeing you know there's something to be said right and I, i'm I fucking hate this government, as you know. I don't think I need to justify that to anybody, and I, and I hate the way this country's heading. But there is occasionally this little part of me that's just hoping that actually we at least get some decent art out of this. Like they, this, this might light the touch of paper again. Because let's be fair, it's been pretty naff the last decade or so. And yeah, and I mean, we, we were tw- like... we've had twelve years of these cunts, and it's yeah. not getting any fucking better. But now they've decided they're going to stifle the fucking creative stuff as well but making everybody do maths until they're 28 well, yeah and, and like stuff like biker grove exists right because and, and i'm not holding it up as some great work of art right but it exists because this was the standard of living in the late 80s and early 90s yeah. in the uk there was fuck all to do we were all angry you know kids did steal cars and do drugs because it was fuck all else to do everybody was poor there was nowhere yeah. to go so you went to youth club and had a fight and did drugs yeah. and drunk white lightning down the park i didn't because i was a good child but you know this was what was happening around me with my peers all right who am i kidding i did drink a lot of white lightning down the park the other stuff not so much um but you know i'm not i don't want the country to be in the state it's in but i at least hope i hope it's worthwhile i hope it at least churns out some decent art anyway another tangent um (laughs) where was i before all that paintballing, paintballing. I, I, I knew i'd get hung up on the paintball for fucking ages that's pretty yeah. much all i want to say about it other than the scene now like i didn't watch the episode i couldn't find the paintballing episode which, no i struggled which there, there wasn't that much of it around actually online i struggled to find a lot of stuff you, you have to really really fucking do it. it's not freely available some of the later seasons are on the youtubes um some of the yeah. earlier ones are as well, but you really have to trawl through the shit to find them, and they split yeah. up into parts. So yeah. it's not the easiest. Um, I did oh, the, find the, a lot the, of older ones. The funniest thing I found was that um, the, the the season I found was mislabeled. So the episode, it was down as series one, episode 13, series two, episode 13. It was actually season 13, episode one, two, three, four. I've so seen because some of those ones as well, yeah. yeah so yeah. when so when you're looking at, it, I'm thinking. I started off thinking, okay, well, it's a good way of doing it because tr- I want to watch a cross section. I want to see mm-hmm. throughout the years. So watching, mm-hmm. why the fuck you would put that as a playlist on there? I don't know, but watching that that'll make make my life easier. And so I got to the end of the first episode, and something happened, and, got, and then second, I picked up. I was like, ah, oh, it's just fucking season thirteen, then, isn't it? And yeah. it didn't quite balance out and then, and then as you said i really had to fucking look then for some of the older ones um some of the newer ones were easier to find but they were a bit naff um i 
I'm fairly sure I saw the last season when it when it aired originally. I ha- didn't find it this time. I didn't want no, to look for it because I, I remember it being fucking dog shit. It is, but it was so fucking weird. Because so, again, because nothing nothing like that was around at the time. They were nobody was doing fucking meta comedy TV shows. No, and, and it, it was such a change in tone as well. It wasn't just that it yeah. went meta, like like see the, the tone of it changed. It was oh, it was so fucking weird. Yeah. It was so weird, and I really wanted to watch that, but I couldn't. Um, and maybe it's a good thing because I, I feel like if we had, we'd be it, that would pretty much derail the entire show. We'd be talking yeah. about the last season and the last season only. Whereas, yeah. you know, actually, there's a lot of other content to talk about, you know, and it's all it's all valid. I mean, fuck, there must have been, I guess, twelve, thirteen years of this. Yeah, so eighty nine till what two thousand and two thousand three. Was it was it that late? Two thousand six. Me, I'd left so, university as well. I really should have. Uh, we, we were we were in film school by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, fuck, we'd finished film school by then, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have known better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I hadn't realized that there were three hundred and forty odd episodes. I I didn't realize it was that much because the seasons seasons series it is a british show um that's just ingrained in our language now things are seasons yeah. aren't they um yeah. they are quite short because it yeah. is a british show you know you're talking six episodes at a clip you're not talking you know 12 13 episodes it was yeah. relatively short yeah um, but then you'd have a couple of seasons a year yes so you know you'd so in you'd have your six eight episodes where wherever it was then green show would come back for six eight weeks wherever it was and then because they were kind of working on a half-term model, weren't they? Yes. So you'd have um, you'd have six weeks worth of episodes, which might be twelve episodes, and then it'd fuck off for a week or for a, for a couple of months, a couple of weeks, and you'd have bite your grove again, mm-hmm. and then you'd fuck off, and then over the summer you might have neither of them, you'd have something completely fucking different, and then you'd come back to it in September, and you'd be starting again. Yeah, yeah. No, you never had them over the summer, if I remember yeah. rightly, because like everything pretty much shut down over the summer, didn't it? Like you still had kids' TV, but it wasn't. But you'd, like, you'd, you'd, you'd have stuff you'd, in you'd, the early morning, and you had mostly repeats well, and shit. But the thing is, like in in the summer, you'd have fucking Wimbledon would be on, and there'd be football. There'd be some football tournament on, and there'd be fucking horse racing or the Olympics or some bollocks. So everything got thrown out of whack anyway. So you'd have a period of about six or seven weeks where normal TV would just fuck the fuck off, and mm. you, certainly on the BBC, and you'd have a deluge of sport. Yeah. Um. Which again, as a kid, I didn't really mind. As an adult, I don't really mind. I just don't have fucking time to watch it anyway. Um. So yes, you'd have that, and then you come back into September, probably mid September. So let the schools go back for a week and then kick into it. And then you'd have Green Shell, Green Shell, Green Shell, back to Grove, back to Grove, back to Grove, back to Green Shell. And you'd be pinging around them probably till about Easter time, just mm-hmm. between going between the two of them. So, I mean, yeah, 300, I think 340 something episodes, 344, 18 seasons. Jesus. Uh, I mean, that's that's a lot of, that's a lot of content. And and that, yeah. that speaks to its quality, I think, and to its popularity as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I think as much as I've, found it to be quite hit and miss yeah it's undeniable you know that it ran for that long like people were watching it and and you know i've criticized the performances as well but for the kids it it, the kids and a lot of these people have gone on to have you know very successful careers i mean fuck charlie hannam was in this i was gonna say yeah like you know you 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 know it's not just anton deck it there are a lot of people that have been through this all right most of them have ended up on british soaps or present let's be fair most of them went to most of them went to emmerdale that's 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 where biker grove cast went to die yeah yeah it's the same with grange grange hill went to eastenders biker grove went to emmerdale that's kind of how it works they 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 launched a pop career had two or three hits and then ended up yeah going to emmerdale or you know in the case of anton deck just went on to become you know itv 
basically yeah to become itv you're not wrong to just much. present pr- to present every single show on itv every saturday night um yeah so you know they've they clearly was talent involved is, is what i'm saying it's just that yeah and, and as a kid you didn't realize those performances were bad that's the thing you know it's like no that's fine so we watched Lion Witch of the Wardrobe as well. Like we didn't realise those were bad performances when we were kids, but rewatching them now, you're going, Jesus. I think what makes it worse, and it's been a while since we rewatched Grange Hill now, it's been a couple of years, I think. Um yeah. so, so pre pandemic, I think, wasn't it? Uh, might have been. I'm not sure. Um but it's it's been a little while anyway. We did it quite yeah. a while ago. So maybe I need to rewatch some of that for perspective, but it feels to me like I thought the. I'm pretty sure I thought the performances were quite good in Grange Hill. Yeah, and you know, I'd certainly say they were better. I mean, I um... yes, they feel like they were to me. And in general, I'll be honest. I, I feel like of the two shows now, rewatching as an adult, I feel like Grange Hill is clearly a superior product. As a kid, yes. I would have argued the opposite all day long, um, because I certainly enjoyed Biker Grove a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed Grange Hill. Um, yeah, I mean to be fair, I mean I I did not enjoy it this time. I think yes, there I were aspects. Yes. That's not what I'm saying at yeah. all. I, yeah. I I don't I don't. I mean, they're, they're, I think we talked about it at the time. Everybody has that so their sort of period of grain shell, don't they? It normally coincides with them being that sort of age where they're in high school. Yeah. Um, so everybody will have that bit they remember, and there are certain storylines I remember. Certain there's certain images even that you know fucking twenty plus years on, I still see like Judy Jeffries getting slashed across the face mm-hmm. um, in in the girls' toilets and stuff like that. And that sort of stuff lingers with you, but I I certainly remember a lot more and have a lot fonder memories of Biker Grove than I do of Grange Hill, probably because I watched it longer. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's also just because the age that we are, and you know, even with that slight difference between us, like I, I think this this applies to both of us. Like the age we are, Grange Hill was past its best by the time we were watching. Like we had our era yeah. of it, as we said, and, yes. and we enjoyed our era of it, but it it was past its best. It was at its best in you know, in the early days, in the late 70s and the early 80s, which was a lot yeah. of the stuff that we'd rewatched. Whereas, as I say, I kind of was coming of age at a time when Bike Grove was absolutely in its yes. in its sweet spot. Um, so, so I think that made it made a difference certainly as a kid. Um, yeah. but, but you know, when you when you compare apples with apples now, you know, if you look at like the early Grange Hill when it was in its heydays to Biker Grove when it was in its heyday. Grange Hill is clearly a superior product, and I think part of it is like, yes, it's the, it's the performances. Um, I think I would argue probably the writing is better in Biker Grove. To be fair, as ridiculous as it is at times, it is ridiculously. Over I, the top I'd agree with opera. that. Um, I would agree with that. You know, it, 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 you've got to suspend disbelief a little bit, but it's a soap <laughs> opera, so fine. Um, well, to be fair, think... it, it was a show about Geordies with all their teeth, so of course you've got to suspend disbelief. Yeah, exactly. Right, uh, and Jimmy Nail was nowhere to be seen, so we know it's rubbish. Um, yeah. But I think what Grange Hill has that Biker Grove didn't, and you, you've alluded to it a few times already, and we haven't actually talked it through for the you know for the pros and cons of it all and, and checks and balances. What Grange Hill had was that school structure, and yes. I think in rewatching Biker Grove now, as I say, I think they've got the elements of it. Obviously, they had the youth club and they had that whole Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday kind of structure that they never really yeah. followed through and i think perhaps if they had then maybe it would be a different story but narratively whilst the the moment to moment writing might be 
might be better in Biker Grove. Grange Hill had that structure because they could set it in yeah. school. You had the progression through the years. It was something we can all relate to, so everybody's yeah. got a way in. And not only that, you can kind lacking. of you you can kind of separate people as well. So you can kind of have you know you can put peers together rather than say, well, yes. that one there, there's a fifteen year old over there who isn't necessarily going to be hanging out with an eight year old. Whereas yes. in school, it's going to be right. Okay, well, all the eight year olds are together, all the ten year olds are together because that's how a school structure works. And because of that, you can then build your storylines around that. So, you, yeah, you might have like siblings and shit like that, but generally, you didn't have overlap between older and younger characters. And it meant no. that if you were focusing on a couple of year eights, for example, then you can fa- you can follow that through. If you're focusing on a storyline with your elevens, you can follow that through. Whereas if you're in a youth club where everybody knows each, they all know each other, they all know each other's business. Every, you know, everyone knows what's going on with everybody else. So you've got a twelve-year-old who's in trouble. You know, the, the, no, all, all the 16-year-olds are going to be fucking trying to work... They're all going to be trying to work out what's going on and trying to help. Whereas, yes, okay, that's possibly a bit more realistic. But then again, you, you if you're telling stories, you want those silos and you want them to be able to, to last as long as they can. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah. if you have these interactions and these overlaps, it doesn't work in the same way. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It it just made... It makes more narrative sense, Grange Hill. Yeah. And, and I think... They, so therefore, they, they kind of don't have to do any of the heavy lifting that sometimes Biker Grove has to do. And, and there's also that tendency, I think, because Biker Grove skews slightly older and therefore stays skewed slightly older because you can't mix yeah. them. Um, as, as you mentioned earlier, like it, it occasionally feels a little bit disjointed when all of a sudden you have like the light-hearted slug business when actually yeah. most of it is some pretty heavy relationship drama. A lot of Biker yeah. Grove is who's fucking who behind who's back and yeah. who's pregnant this week and who yeah. didn't use contraception and and all of it because these these are issues for teenagers in the 90s right we were yeah. a lot of this stuff was still a little bit taboo back then it seems ridiculous now all right in today's yeah. day and age but back then like you know teenagers you wouldn't really have those conversations like it was still no. sex education still wasn't a thing when i was in school we had like one lesson once awkwardly with a teacher yeah. and then it never happened ever again no like you know? like with us sex education was a warning not to be in the same room as a janitor on your own <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean we you know we jest right but we we more or less had exactly that i remember our sex education session it was exactly one lesson Yep. The girls got taken to one end of the school and had yep. a discussion about contraception and stuff, and the boys got took to the other. And I very much got the feeling like we were only there to keep us out of the way whilst the teachers talked to the girls, basically. We, yeah. we were there so that they could have a private discussion. They could have because... the conversation about don't let people fuck you because you'll get pregnant. Right, exactly. And, you, Whereas... and you, you know, you're 14, you ruin your life. Whereas the boys, yeah. it was like, okay, well, good on you, Brendan. No, we'll show you pictures of dicks and you know, stuff like that it was, it was literally our session was literally that right it was what how do we talk to boys about sex education i don't know right and it was one of the female teachers that had to do it as well she was one of the cooler ones so she got away with it but it was literally like she had the ohp up with like drawings of dicks on it and she yeah. knew full well as soon as she put a drawing of a dick on the ohp like she yeah. had a, she lost the room was it. yeah <laughs> so she just put it up let us giggle for like 10 minutes you know, yeah. and then then she was like, "Right, has anybody got any questions?" And we were like, "Um, no, no, because this is really <laughs> fucking awkward." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you just put the picture of the willy back up, please? Because that's <laughs> yeah. really funny. Because um, that's teenage boys, right? So, yeah. so all of this was kind of the boot, and so you'd see it in shows like this, and like I'm not saying this is a healthy model, but in a way, for a lot of us, that was that was a way of getting this knowledge, you know, of, of yeah. talking it through. 
when you were like 11, 12 back then because you weren't getting it anywhere else. And they weren't afraid to push those buttons. And, and Grange Hill was able to be lighter. And I think now on reflection, you know, as an, as an adult watching it back and not needing that and not living in these times anymore and seeing it as that kind of time capsule. Yeah. If you were there, then yes, you can dial back into that and and, and kind of take take yourself back and, and use that nostalgia hit. But if you're not, Mm. then Grange Hill's a far superior product, I think, to watch oh, yeah, as a completely. show. Like, yeah. you know, you put the two in front of me again now, right? If you give me an, like, apples apples for apples, here's an episode of Grange Hill, here's an episode of Biker Grove, press play on one of them, I'm going to hit Grange Hill. Like, I'm going to do it, because I'm going to have better time with it, if I'm honest. I'm going to be, I'm going to be more interested in Biker Grove, right? Because mm. there's more I'm going to remember, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, and oh yeah, that looks shit, and it, yeah. but I'm going to be watching it technically, if that yeah. makes sense. I'm going to be watching going, fuck me, that looks shit now. Yeah. Why are they doing that? You know, whereas Grange Hill, I'm actually going to enjoy because I remember enjoying it when we watched it. So, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, incidentally, it was May 2021 that we, uh, we did Grange Hill. So wow. not as long, not as long yeah. ago as I thought. Um, I, I know it was in this house, but I, I, I thought it was further, further back than that. Before we did either show, if you'd said to me, right, here's five episodes of Grange Hill, five random assorted episodes from my era of Grange Hill. Mm-hmm. And five random assorted episodes of Bike Grove from my era. I would pick I would, before we did it. I would have picked Bike Grove because I have 100%. fond memories. Hundred percent. But yeah. I think you're right. I think now looking at having looked at them both, and you'd be looking at them technically going, okay, the dialogues the dialogue's pretty good in places, but the performance is shit. It looks like shit. Whereas oh, you go to Grand Shell, it looks like ass. You go to Grand Shell, and there's a lot more movement in it. There's yeah. it's a lot technically. It's a lot better. Yes, okay, the dialogue's not as relatable in places, but it's delivered better, and I think I'm going to skew that way as well. Yeah, definitely. However, however, Donna Ray. <laughs> well, I said before my time, so I didn't. I I don't have that baggage. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. Yeah. I I think. I think it's not just that it that it's lighter and that it looks better. And that it moves better and stuff. It just feels like a more polished product, I think. And if you're looking for like entertainment, if you're looking for an easy time, then I think I think yeah. you can have that with Grange Hill. If you're looking to write a fucking essay about '90s youth culture, hmm. Biker Grove all over it. Like there's st- there's real cultural value in Biker Grove as a yeah. like I said as a time capsule. Like more so than a lot of the things we've watched recently. Like all the way back at the genesis of this show, this was the type of shit we used to do. We'd pull something out and we'd pull it apart and look at what culture was doing then and what it means now. And, yeah. you know, we've kind of got sidetracked a little bit with some of the shows we're looking at because let's be honest, they've been pants and there's been nothing to pull out of them. <laughs> um, but this this has got that in spades. You know, this this really is a mirror to the early 90s and it, it was kind yeah. of refreshing to see that you know it, it was nice to see people walking around in puffer jackets with bowl cuts and kappa tracksuit yeah. bottoms and you know so it was all good and then of course there is that awkward moment as well where you're looking at it and you're going I reckon i'm probably older than jeff yeah <laughs> and you start to think like that and go oh yeah this isn't good you know, like when you realize you'd be the old man now in a show like this you'd be you'd be the dad you'd be the father figure um, well, in that part, would be a fucking grandfather in that part of the world. You probably would. You probably would. Um, I mean, fuck me. Jeff hung around with his kids for like eleven or twelve years, and he never seemed to get any older, though. So he must have been like, he must have been late forties, early fifties when he started. I'd have you, thought. Yeah, you thought so. So maybe I'm not quite there yet. 
He certainly mm. never went grey that I can remember, not properly anyway. So no, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, um, I digress again. Um... The problem I've got with Jeff is that I can't, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but whenever I think of Jeff now, because because of, again the shape of his face and the beard he has, I can't not think of the guy in Parks and Rec with the fucking beard and the. I can't remember his fucking character name. I always think of him instead, so I know that's not what Jeff looks like, but that's yeah. where, who he is in my head. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, to me he was just he was Mister Biker Grove. Like he was, like he was there forever. You know, mm. um, he's that character. Like every soap opera has got one, haven't they? Yeah. You know, like like Neighbours has got um, fucking Harold Bishop, one yeah, Harold Bishop and Toadfish and all of those, yeah. right? And then. You know, EastEnders had fucking Dirty Den for generations and generations, you know, and eventually, obviously, these characters move on, as Jeff did as well. But he's like, he's that character that's like, yeah. you sum it up in, you're like, yeah, you had your breakout stars, you had your PJ and Duncan, and you had your Donneries and, and all of those, but he was the constant, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit worrying watching it back and going, fuck me, like, he, he doesn't look... He looks like somebody I could probably be friends with now. That's that's worrying. Yeah, he's that bloke you'd meet, you'd, you'd know down the pub. I know he'd, yeah. he'd always have the darts and get a couple of stories to go uh, to go with it. Yeah, so so that's a bit concerning. Um, but you know, although also all... to be to be fair, I mean, I I watched him when I when I saw him pop up first. There's an episode of Friends. It's the episode where they're watching um, Ross and Rachel's inadvertent sex tape when Rachel gets pregnant, and. Well, as soon as she, she comes on screen, Phoebe goes, "You're gonna get pregnant." I did the same with Jeff. Say, like, "You're gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> cruel man, cruel. I, um, I was. Just, it was just the first thing that popped into my head. I said, like, "Yeah, he's dead." I I couldn't. This sounds really odd. I know, but this again, this is the the, the effect of this show. Like, I saw the like the funeral episodes on YouTube. That's one I could have watched. Huh. Didn't want to. No, I, I didn't watch watched, that one either. I haven't watched. I've watched some post Jeff stuff. But yeah. I haven't watched anything towards the end. I've either watched like really early episodes where Jeff was in his heyday, or I've watched like post Jeff. I haven't yeah. seen anything leading up to the funeral, which is why, as I say, I don't remember him even looking that much older. Maybe he did, and they, again, this like I the did. Mandela effect because when you say Jeff, me, I see him as as the younger guy, looking vaguely Lemmy esque. To be honest, yes. that's what I always think when I think of Jeff. You know, um, but again, as a kid, he's that kind of. That surrogate father figure that's in the TV, you know, where when you've got a problem, yeah. you go and have a chat with Jeff about it. He'll sort it out, you know, yeah. just like he did with all the kids down the grove. Um, so again, you know, there's that value to be taken from it. But this is this is all stuff that we've taken from it because of our baggage, you know. I don't know yes. what what anyone who grew up kind of who was born in the late '90s, early 2000s, then and later, and yeah. grew up in a separate generation. I don't know what they could get from it other than it being these this weird oddity where they're like what's that thing why are they why are they going and standing in the perspex box to phone someone what's yeah. that about what's that what's that little rectangle thing they're putting in the car and then you have to explain <laughs> from what a tape is you know like why why are they but, putting the key in the ignition what? yeah hey eh? you know yeah. <laughs> like, and, and i think i mean the unfortunate point and the unfortunate point with any show um is that it it will date itself by its position, and unless it's a period piece, it will date itself by its fashion, by its technology, and all the rest of it. But the the thing that keeps this or makes this endure, the same as Grain Shell, is the universality, universality of the storylines. Yes. Because you will always you, know, you will always have people succumbing to drugs and drink. You will always have people who are from broken homes, abused homes, um, people succumbing to to drugs, teenagers getting pregnant. There's always the worry. You know, there's there's always 
worries associated with um with coming out and homosexuality and all that so there are universal truths to this show. so if if you can get past the fact that yes they're putting these fucking plastic rectangle things into a plastic hole in the in the front of the car and you know they don't all have fucking mobiles and they actually have to you know if they want to go on the internet they've got to go find like a fucking computer like a schlub you know they can't mm. just pull you know, put the phone out of the pocket and start googling shit because google doesn't exist yet if you could take away that side of it, there there is a universality to the show and to Grange Hill and to a lot of others we watched, which are periods of, uh, which are products of their time, where actually you could take them and say, look, yes, that still applies. The, the, the feeling is still there, the, the heart is still there, the personality is still there, the character is still there. And I think that's what the disappointing thing is, that people would look at this now, people who were born in at the end of that era or later, would look at this and go, well, that's dog shit. That's fucking ancient. None it's of it applies very- to me. It's None of it applies to me hard. because I don't live. Well, that's not the time I live in. And actually, if if you take the messages from it, they are still there. They are, but I think it's very hard to kind of break through. You know, the fact that it looks like dog shit as well. Yeah. You know, and the performances are, are dog, and that's hard to break through. Like, I think either thing on its own. Like, if it was technically competent, but a little bit culturally dated like grange yeah. hill would be then yeah. then i think it would be easier for people to access and just you know have a bit of a giggle at how you know it was like the fucking flintstones yeah or you know if it was that it was kind of it wasn't dated but it looked like ass then you could yeah you could forgive you could it pass it you could pass it that way um yeah it, it's just all things together you know but it but it's a shame because there is so much i think that's, and this is us just being old men at this point but there's so much of our generation i think that's encapsulating this that just isn't around anymore you know even things like um you look at we've talked about the careers it spawned but it would be mad to try and explain to kids now right who are used to their celebrities you know who release singles you know like being youtube stars and stuff like that and these people that just use their names right yeah but you know, Anton Deck didn't release singles as Anton Deck. They released them as PJ. Oh, they they and did Duncan. eventually, didn't they? I think they did. I think they did their first couple of albums as PJ and Duncan, and then, then they transitioned, didn't they? They did transition, yeah. But like when when their career started, like they were oh, still yeah, playing, they were PJ and Duncan. They were playing the characters. Donna Reed did the same thing when she did the yeah. solo stuff. She was Charlie. Yeah, you know, like this. So they they released stuff in character. Yeah. Now, even even other shows at the time. You know, we, we said about how Meta got towards the end. There's an example of that. Because even other shows, like, they weren't doing that. You know, Kylie no. released singles as Kylie. Jason yeah, released them as Jason. That's where, that's where I was going to go, is that, no, the entire cast of Neighbours, every one of them released fucking music, and they all, but they all released it as themselves. So people knew them as their, as, as their characters, but they, they, you know, they were actors playing a role, and the actors were also singers, and they, they were releasing music. Whereas these motherfuckers, they were like, right, we're PJ and Duncan. Everyone knows it's PJ and Duncan. So fuck it, we'll just put it so out. So that's there. what we are. And we'll and go, we'll what... go on TV and we will be PJ and Duncan. Except miraculously, he's no longer blind. But you know, they, they kind of that's how they sold that for a while. Is that they were PJ and Duncan? That was fucking weird when it. And I remember that being weird for me as a kid because they're yeah. PJ and Duncan. I'm like, why isn't he blind? Yeah. What? Hey, what? <laughs> like, at least put sunglasses on. Like, all right, yeah. like. All right, maybe I'll accept that all of a sudden you're fucking daredevil and you can jump around the stage and stuff, but at least put some sunglasses on. Like, this yeah. looks weird. Uh, but but that was a thing. So again, like, they, they were so unafraid to just push boundaries and experiment, mm. right? And, and yeah. that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say about a show like this, but 
they really did like they took real creative chances you know everybody involved with it like the producers didn't probably have a lot to do with fucking let's get ready to rumble and stuff like that but you know the the cast and and the producers of that song were able to go hang on but you're you're known as pj and duncan so let's just fuck the fourth wall you just be pj and duncan just like that's that's what you're gonna do now and the producers were probably probably happy because it's extra publicity for them and and somebody probably owned the fucking naming rights as well you know and when you when you look now how everything now is a franchise everything is marketable you know, and again, you're going back 20-odd years. Fuck, 30-odd years. Going. Jesus Christ, I'm old. <laughs> Keep going. No, it's not closer to 40. Yeah, I'd be fucking sperm if it was. No, like, it's not clo- It's not closer to 40, but it's, it's 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 a long way back from 20, which is where you started. Yeah, yeah, it's 30-odd years, right? Fine, okay. Like late 20s, 30-odd years back. Let's yeah. call it... Let's call, call it... Call it 32 and we'll split the difference. All right, yeah, let's call it 32 years ago then. You know, you go back then, right, and you've got a show that's experiment. I keep hitting my mic stand tonight. Sorry, listen. Yeah. I'm in the room, so I'm getting, I'm getting used to this setup. Um, you've got a show that's experimenting with narrative functions like mockumentary and stuff like that, and how and how that affects a timeline, right? And then the yeah. visual aspects of that as well. You've got a show that's getting meta as fuck and breaking the fourth wall and having its cast essentially break through into the real world and then writing yeah. that into storylines at the end. Yeah. That, I mean, for all we can say, it might look like arse and it looks a bit dated. Like, that's some really fucking risky shit for a kid's TV show to be doing in the fucking... Maybe all the writers were on drugs. Who knows? Like, Probably. it was the 90s. I was going to um, say. Don't want to cast any aspersions. Like, <laughs> it was know. the 90s and it was the north of England. So, you know, make of that what you will. Who knows, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's this is a fascinating... Like, I, I don't know what a media syllabus is like anymore. I'm nowhere near media academia anymore, no. right? But I'd be willing to bet this is being taught somewhere. This is being pulled out into a media studies class somewhere. As an example of cultural representation, I would say, because like you're dead right for the like specifically for the north of England as well as we understood it then, being yeah. in fucking South Wales. But this was a thing. Like the north of England was a huge thing in the nineties. Like this is yeah. where all our fucking music came from. Not quite yeah. this far north, but you know this geographical region. Yeah, you know, like basically further up than Birmingham. That's yeah, north. This was, a, this was a whole culture. This was a yeah. whole thing. And this does a very good job of representing that. And I've I've enjoyed the little trip back in the Wayback Machine, you know, to, yeah. to kind of see all that again. Um, yeah. Now, one thing I, I did really find quite interesting often, was... <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, one thing I, did, I found quite interesting, I was talking to Tori yesterday, and I said um, we were watching this, and I, I, I remembered her saying, for fucking donkeys, that she used to love, um, like, Rose, she used to love PJ and Duncan. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I've, I've got an hour to kill now, I'm going to chuck some on, so sit down and watch it with me. And she was legitimately her only reason for not was that she didn't want to spoil her her memories of it because she was she was worried as we have been on many other shows that actually watching it back it wouldn't be anywhere near as good as she remembered, and so she didn't want to sully that. And I think that's something I mean, we've had that so many times on the show anyway. But that's something yeah. I mean I came out of this and yes it looks like dog shit. Yes some of the dialogue's a bit iffy. The performances are fucking awful in places, but I still enjoyed it. But on a te- looking at it on a technical level, yeah, it's fucking horrendous. But there's just something about it that just it's got that place sort of here. Yeah. I, 
Definitely. I can't. I can't say what it is because looking at trying to look at it objectively now, let's say twenty, no, twenty years later, um, you know, than I was watching it originally, it shouldn't have the effect it does. No. But I for think, whatever reason, it's just fucking lodged in there. Yeah, I, I think, I think I'm with you on on ninety percent of that, and then I'm kind of with Tori about ten percent of it. Like I, I understand that feeling because we've had it as a lot as you say. Yeah. And there was definitely an element of me watching this going, oh no, this really isn't very good. Uh, and it isn't, right? In a lot of ways, it isn't. And I was feeling that. I was definitely feeling like like the paintball scene, as I say, I remember it being fucking horrific. And my memory of it is absolutely horrific. Mm. And I watched it and it was fucking hilarious, right? So, you know, there's things like that now that are, I don't want to say ruined. For me, if anything, I've probably done myself a service because hopefully it won't haunt me anymore, right? But, <laughs> you know, there's things like that where my my perception has, has now been, you know, altered for life because I've watched it as an adult and that's the memory of it I'm going to have now. But what I didn't realise as a kid was just how progressive and forward-thinking this was because I was in it at the time so i couldn't see forward i didn't understand what was happening i didn't stand how important and it is important you know how important and how culturally relevant this show will be and so i've enjoyed pulling that out of it and part of me wants to pull more of that out of it and if i do watch any more of it it will be for that reason it'll be Mm. like well okay well you know if where we are today is b let's go all the way back to a and let's trace this through like how how did we get here from here and i i think this show has a part to play in that i really do i think it's yeah. got a part to play in what would become certainly the visual language of british tv in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s you can yeah. see that like yeah. it doesn't do it well because it doesn't have the resource and the budget but it's got it it's got the genesis of that visual language you know with the with the bottom third tearing off on it, saying Monday or Tuesday or whatever, and breaking the fourth wall and getting meta, you know, as we would yeah. see in so many comedies by the time we got to the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm. You know, and, and then even now, as I say, looking at it as a brand and as a franchise and understanding that Biker Grove is bigger than just the TV show, Biker Grove, because it's also PJ and Duncan and all the music that came out of it yeah. and the annuals you used to get and the fucking Save the Grove campaign that happened like it's it's fucking clever it's it's a yeah. clever show and it's not clever for clever sakes it's a clever show because there's people involved in it who are being creative and taking risks because yeah. it feels like they just want to move things forward it feels like they've got something to say and they're taking it seriously and it's important yeah. they just unfortunately didn't have the technical resource and probably the financial resource yeah to do the best they possibly could. Um, that's what it feels like to me, anyway. Um, yeah. And, and and so, you know, on checks and balances, yeah, I, I've come away from it with a positive view. I just feel like, yeah. entertainment-wise, I'd rather go and watch Grange Hill, thanks very much. But if I'm in the mood to, to put my fucking thinking hat on and watch something, I'll, I'll go for this. There's this... Mm. There's stuff in this. There's a book of essays in this show. Somewhere. Oh fuck yeah! I ain't fucking writing them because no, I can't false be asked. But there's there's definitely a lot that this show had to say and has said. Yeah. And I think has now probably been lost in the ether somewhere. Um. And I, and I think yeah, it's time fair. to dig that back out. And and I think you know as I say I, I think 
as we i don't know what a media class looks like these days probably very different to what it did when when i was doing it academically but i think it's i think there's value in in students digging this out and looking at it i really do um you have to understand where things came from to understand where they're going and and like i said you you can see the genesis point um yeah so yeah i i think if if it's not necessarily the best show that we've watched Hmm. i could easily argue that it's one of the most important both to me personally and i think to us in this country in our generation culturally absolutely it's one of the most important that we've watched i think yeah and And it deserves recognition for that yeah and if it has no other contribution it got you to do at least a minute of geordie at the start of the show yeah and i'm not going to do it again um so (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even gonna i I was contemplating closing with he can he see jeff but no i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna i I just can't (laughs) I've done. I'm geordied out for the night now. Um, you're not. I'm not closing out with crocodile shoes or anything like that. Like we, we're done. We, we're done with the Geordie accents, pet. Um, <laughs> and I think in general, I, I'm I'm kind of done with with what I've yeah. got to say about Biker Rob. I I think we could dive into specific episodes a lot. Like there's almost if more of it was available. Yeah. Like if it was readily available. I think I'd be up for a rewatch show if I'm honest, yeah. because I think there's so much to pull out of it. I think I'd be up for giving it the Game of Thrones treatment because there is so much to pull out of this. Yeah, there is, and I think that I mean there is so the difference difference with this one. Aside from that, there are 344 episodes as opposed to 81 or whatever the fuck it was with Game of Thrones. Um, the fact that there's no, there are so many storylines, and even now, there's you know we're 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 looking at this way fucking no let's say way removed from the time it started way removed from when we fucking finished watching it even but there are still storylines with that we remember clearly there are still images we remember clearly so the fact that that's so imprinted yeah that 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 said no that says to me that there's there's something in this that yeah you could probably rewatch it and yeah you're not going to enjoy every storyline you're not going to particularly like every character but there's going to be something about every episode where you can bring it to look this was important. This is why they did that. This is where this fits in, and this is how you, I see, you track from point A to point B to point C. This is where it started, or this is where this is how we got from there to here. This is a waypoint, and there's mm. so much of that that I think, yeah, you could possibly be right. And I think it's it's disappointing, and I I was disappointed I could find so little of it online. Yeah, and don't get, be- don't get me wrong. I don't know if it was there to buy. I'd have bought. I'd have paid for it. Wouldn't have bought yeah. 340 fucking episodes, but I might have bought like another season. We could buy a season and talk through it if it was available. Yeah, but it's very, very difficult to find. Um, you know, listeners, if anybody out there has has the resource, knows where Biker Grove is, then maybe that's something we'll explore if you want mm-hmm. it. Because I, I think there's a lot to be said about about episodes and about storylines. I think, you know, this is such, like I said, 300 odd episodes. This is such a huge beast yeah. that we can't possibly do it just as talking about the show in general. I think this needs breaking down mm-hmm. season by season, arc by arc. Yeah, character by character, even in some cases, like there's yeah. so much to pull out of this. It's so well written in that respect. It really is. Like yeah. I, I think it's very, it's it's yeah, it's it's definitely a product of its time, and it's interesting because of that. And, and I would, yeah, I'd welcome the opportunity to dive into it. But unfortunately, we just couldn't fucking find enough. No, um, some of, some of the later seasons you can watch them all, but the later scenes are not quite so interesting unless we can find the last one, which we can't. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, I, we'll keep I, I think we'll keep trying. Yeah, I, I think that's my last in. You know, that's my takeaway from it is it's. I haven't enjoyed it 
as much as some other stuff we've watched yeah i think i've probably enjoyed it as much as i thought i would um but i've certainly found more value in it than i expected to and and that's been surprising and that's been a nice surprise as well yeah yeah definitely um, it's, it's so, a nice way to to come back into the to the you know to start back as well i mean we had a couple of weeks off you know massive time off um but yeah we've had no we've had we've had a bit of a break um christmas was amazing because i had the flu so spent most of it doing fuck all um so yeah coming back into this and sometimes we i mean sometimes when we come back depends what we've got lined up as well sometimes it's a bit of a drudge um mm. but this time i was thinking right okay there's no there'll be something to this there's enough like, there's nothing this i can talk about and then having picked up as i think it was six or seven episodes so i didn't do masses i could have done a lot more um but it was enough to just go you know what i remember why i liked this yeah and and that's the that's the thing i wanted to come out with is it wasn't i was there thinking why did i ever watch this or shit it definitely not and definitely i didn't i didn't not. i didn't want i didn't want to have that because like, again there's not just not just because it, from an enjoyment factor as a child but the, because it's so culturally important there's so many parts of my character have been informed by this there's so many parts of oh, there's so many memories of times in my life that i associate with this show and elements of the show that to come in and shit on it like we have done with other things like raccoons for example that would have been fucking heartbreaking yeah but we haven't had to do that and that's, no, that's good but but i do totally understand where tori's coming from yeah in, in the yeah it, like I, and, and for you listeners as well you know for those of you that that did watch it at the time um just go in with your eyes open is what i would say with that like yeah it, it is it is a product of this time it, it looks like ass the, the performances are awful because they're all kids like you just yeah. got to go in and expect that and it is still the show you remember as long as you can park your expectation i don't yeah. think you'd be too disappointed no I think, I think you're right there i think that's about right yeah yeah, I mean, I, I've not really got much else to say about it. To no, be me neither. As I say, I I, I feel like I, I could I could talk about it all night. I could talk about it for weeks. I really could, um, but I think it needs to be broken down. And yeah. If that if that's something listeners want, then then let us know and and we'll actively pursue it because I think we're probably both up for it. Um, yeah, definitely. Just gotta, just gotta find, find it. it if that's the case. And yeah, then, yeah that, that's that's probably more work than than I want to be doing. To be honest, yeah, I've got I've oh, got yeah. other shit to do. <laughs> definitely. Um. And I wouldn't do a Geordie accent every week either, so don't be. Oh, that's, that's, that's not that's not worth it then. Yeah, it's not no, worth doing if you're not going to do that. It's no point. Although we could just reuse not. reuse the intro for this one, I guess. Yeah, you just fucking do it once and tag it on every episode because technology <laughs> in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I think that that's that's fair. I mean, if if people, um, I'd I'd love to know what people think of the show because there's there's so many people I know who absolutely adored the show back in the '90s, and I'd love to know a that they're listening because. If not, what the fuck are you doing with your lives? Um, but no, but if it still has that place, if if looking back at it now, it still means as much to people as it did. I'd be fascinated to know that and, and, and what their memories are and what their recollections, what their what messages they've taken from and they've carried forward because there's there are so many things, as I said, there are so many things that have been brought forward in our lives and with you and your irrational fear of being shot in the face with paintballs, for example. Yeah. You know? Um so yeah, I mean, by all means please let us know, get in touch, um, as always on Twitter at SMPD Pod. Uh, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can also get our previous episodes and other shows on Facebook and YouTube with the Double M Podcast Network, so leave us a message. Wherever we get your podcasts from, subscribe, leave us a message, we'll be back to you as best we can. Until next time. How are we, man? See you later. <laughs>